0: Dylan Mulvaney has decided to be a man, but for the wrong reasons. Uh, The debt ceiling negotiation is over. Uh, The debt ceiling has been raised. There are winners and there are losers. But I don't think it's going to stop the inevitable. And I'm back from Mexico, and there were a lot of hot takes this weekend. Let's go over them. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So I just got back from Mexico. Yes, I spent Memorial Day, a U.S. holiday in Mexico, actually to visit Josie's family, uh, Josie's brothers. And it was, it was fun. But every time I go to Mexico, the first thing I think of is the difference between the United States and Mexico. And every time I go there... I sit back and I just want to find a politician and slap the living shit out of him. Because people don't realize just how crappy it is outside of the United States. You go to Mexico, you know, all these people are bitching and moaning. And I'm talking, I went to real Mexico, not Cancun or Rosarita or any place like that. We went to San Luis Rey de Colorado, which is real Suburb, Mexico. Um, Like drug cartels are there, Mexico. Like guys driving around in pickup trucks with M60s in the back. Because that's what the federales do when they drive around looking for drug cartel members. This is the type of Mexico that I went to. Like dirt streets, Mexico. Unpaved streets, Mexico. Like dogs wandering around looking for food, Mexico it is stereotypical Mexico all right it was a great trip it was a good trip um, again I used to drink and the only thing you really have to do in that part of Mexico is drink so that kind of sucked but outside of that it was a really it was a nice trip the brothers looked well one of the brothers looked great the other two looked miserable um here's the thing people don't appreciate what they have in this country. So, for example, we're going to talk a little bit about climate change because we've got a couple people that had some comments about climate change. Well, you want to blame the United States for climate change? I tell you what, go to Mexico. They burn everything in Mexico. There's trash all over the streets, all over the open fields. I don't want to hear about pollution. They actually burn toilet paper after you poop. You take a dump, you don't actually put it in the toilet because in Mexico the sewage system is so bad it can't handle toilet paper. You put it in a trash can and then they burn the poop-filled toilet paper. And Americans don't understand that. That's a thing that they do in Now, I've always known that because I go to Mexico probably once every few months uh, because of the family over there. And it's just a, a quick way to get out. But, but the fact is they live a completely different life. They live the life that by the way Democrats want you to run live they want you to do that. They want you to eat whatever you can get they want you to live without toilets they want you to live without uh, air conditioning or I'm it was hundred it was a 100 degrees over there. It's gonna get to 120 over there air conditioning uh, my brother-in-law got, a new air conditioner. He's proud of that thing because he can finally sleep with some air conditioning. They want you to get rid of that. They don't have water heaters over there. So when they don't have water heaters, he doesn't have a water heater. Some of the rich folk have water heaters. But you want to take a shower, you take a cold shower, which by the way, in a hundred degree heat feels phenomenal. He doesn't have indoor plumbing like toilets inside. He actually has an outhouse I mean, this is what life was back in the 1940s, 1930s. And that's where Democrats want you to go. I would give my left nut to have people like John Kerry, Joe Biden, AOC, uh, Bernie Sanders live in my brother-in-law's house for one week, just so they can see how... the Reality, what reality is, what most people have to live under. And then see, do what you have to do. For example, you bitch and moan that we drive cars. If you looked at San Luis Rey de Colorado, there's fire everywhere because people are burning their trash. That's what they do over there because they don't have a trash system. They don't have a sewage system. So they just burn everything. And then you guys are bitching and moaning because I've got a air conditioner. Which is a luxury in Mexico. Something to think about. Anyway, it was a good trip. So let's get started with Insanity. Because Insanity is actually the most fun. So here's Dylan Mulvaney. This is the guy. He said this this week. He released this, of course, on TikTok. Uh, this, is, this is the guy who started the Bud Vestite tra- phase where everyone is protesting Bud because Budweiser decided to give this guy a platform. Now, this guy started out as a straight man who apparently was a Mormon, then became a gay man, then became a non-binary man, then became a trans woman. Now he's becoming a lesbian. And he's becoming a lesbian for the wrong reason. Now, I do have to say that this... Audio is actually cut out. Uh, Apparently, he doesn't know how to use a phone. But you'll get the idea when you listen. Listen to what Dylan has to say. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, 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 she would be getting me... Okay, so I know the video cut out, but that's the video. He actually cut it out. So, first off, a couple of things here. So, in other words, he's basically going to his parents and saying that he's a lesbian, which means he's a straight man again. Okay, but he's doing it for all the wrong reasons. He's decided that he's going to date a woman romantically... So he can get pregnant? Do you, I mean, how do you even, how do you even acknowledge the insanity in this whole thing? Besides to say it's insane. Now the good news is this shows up on Twitter and you can actually say this is an insane person. If you said that on TikTok, they'd probably ban you for transphobia. But, my lord, and, and see the thing is, this is his idea here. This isn't the first time he's had that idea—that you know, the insane can be sane, or that the men can get pregnant and men can get uh, men can have babies and men can have periods and all, even though they don't have any any of the plumbing to be able to do that. I mean, there's a lot of things that you need to get pregnant. There's a lot of things that you need to uh, have a period. But that doesn't make any difference. More on that later. Okay, so let's get to the news. This is important stuff. Uh, And we actually, we're not going to play the news theme because there's only one thing here. The debt ceiling has been raised after negotiations this weekend. Now, Joe Biden uh, did... Have something to do with this negotiation, but again, Joe Biden this weekend was on vacation again, so he was at uh, he was at uh, Camp David this weekend. He couldn't go to his home in Delaware because on the taxpayer dime, they're putting uh, they're putting bulletproof glass in his house. Mind you, on a taxpayer dime, they spent seven hundred thousand dollars putting a wall around his home. Taxpayer money, mind you. A wall around his home. Now they're spending taxpayer money. I can't even imagine what they're paying for that. uh, Putting bulletproof glass into his home so that every weekend he can take a vacation and go home. So I don't know how much negotiating he did. My guess is he did none. And he just signed off on it. If, well, Jill signed off on it because he's not sentient anymore. So it was a huge, there was a huge argument from establishment Republicans and conservatives as to whether it was a good deal. Now, there were definite winners, there were definite losers, and there were and nobody won completely. It wasn't like this was this was a photo finish. Um, Republicans did pretty good. Conservatives, yeah, they didn't do great, but it wasn't terrible. Um, Democrats, they lost their asses in this whole thing, and they're trying to get it so. Fox News had a very good description of some of the benefits of the bill. Now, mind you, the person that wrote this was Newt Gingrich, okay? Um, And he thought the bill was good. Now, Newt Gingrich is a, a typical Republican. He's a conservative Republican, but he's a typical mainstream, you could even call him swampy Republican. So you take what he says for granted. And I'm going to respond to each of these 12 points that he brought up that this bill will actually do. Now, I also do want to point out that the bill has not been released yet. So the negotiations, we we know pretty much what they're doing, but we don't have a 100% idea of absolutely what they're doing or how they're going to get there. And that is a big asterisk. That's also a red flag because it means some of the things that republicans might think are going to happen may not happen either through executive fiat or courts or whatever but then we're going to talk about you know how joe biden lost and then we're going to talk about what the true reality is because this debt ceiling fight does not change does not stop anything all right So the first thing here, and this is all according to Fox News, um, it cuts spending year over year, including rollback of non-defense discretionary spending to fiscal year 2022 levels, while fully funding the Veterans Administration's medical programs. Okay, this is kind of a win. Here's the problem. Discretionary spending. When people talk about discretionary spending, this is spending that goes beyond the national debt. So, for example, everyone thinks our national debt is thirty-one point four trillion dollars. It's not. It's closer to a hundred trillion, it, because there is debt there that goes to things like the veterans, uh, the veterans administration. It goes to medical. It goes to things that is not part of the national debt. So something like the um, the end inflation act that they passed last year, that goes straight to the debt because that's not discretionary spending. Discretionary spending would be something like that you give to the schools, all right? That would be discretionary spending. Some of military spending is considered discretionary spending because this is stuff that has been voted on, this is stuff that is necessary, and so that goes into that type of debt. What this essentially does is it sits back and it cuts that spending so people that put new spending on there and say, when Joe Biden says, I haven't raised the national debt, which is bullshit. But when he says that, what he said, what he means by that is all he's doing is he's taking that money that he is using and he's putting it in discretionary spending. He's not actually putting it towards the national debt that we you and I both know, which is thirty one point four trillion dollars. So he's not lowering the debt. He's just putting it in another bowl is what he's actually doing. What this says is it rolls back this spending, and it doesn't roll it back that far. It rolls it back to 2022, which, by the way, was still really high. I would like to see that discretionary spending rolled back to about 2010, 2000. But it does roll it back so that they can't continually spend. So Joe Biden spending 5 six, ten trillion $6, 10000000000000 trillion a year, it's not going to allow that. Uh, as far as the military spending goes, that's a that's the good news. We should not be discontinuing military spending, including this day. Second point. Now, mind you, this is coming from Fox News. They see all this as good. I don't see this as great. I see this, well, okay, but we should have been cutting that anyway. Uh, it limits top-line federal spending to 1% annual growth for the next six years. A huge cut from the Biden proposal. So, essentially... It essentially um, it says that we can only spend 1% over what we spent last year and it, there has to be some growth. Now that's great. That's okay. That's not great. It's just okay. But here's the problem. We're spending four, four to $5 trillion a year. So spending four, uh, 1% above four to $5 trillion a year really isn't that much of a cut. So this is not, and then if you look at the fact that we're raising the debt ceiling by $4 trillion, it does not seem like that that is really that much of a big deal. So in on paper, that looks good, but it's not. It really doesn't do anything. Okay, in this next section, of course, Fox News loves it. It will help lift millions out of poverty by enacting work requirements for food stamps and welfare benefits. The 1996 welfare reform bill made, virtu- made virtually the same changes. This will mean more Americans will be working and paying taxes and fewer Americans will depend on the government. This is a big long-term government and human benefits. This is a big win for Republicans. It's a good, it's a very good policy for conservatives. Here's the thing, money for nothing is, is nothing. The United States should be getting something out of welfare, it should be getting something out of food stamps. And now, mind you, when someone gets food stamps, they're not in poverty. I think I know people that are getting $800 a month on food stamps. And then what they're doing is they're, they're grifting and then they're getting the cash from the food stamps. Okay. Hey, you should not be paid to sit on your ass at home. So this is actually a good thing. Now, I'd like to see some of the, some of the policies that are going along with this, some of the requirements Because I'm not clear on how this is going to work. But if they're basing this on the 1996 welfare reform program, um, yeah, that's that's good. Now, here's the kicker. I don't think any of this makes any difference. I'll tell you why in a few minutes. I, I don't think this is going to change anything. I think, to be honest with you, welfare is going to get cut. Food stamp programs are going to get cut. Social Security is going to go insolvent. I don't think any of this makes any difference. Because none of this addresses the real problem, and that's where conservatives have the issue. We'll talk about. I, I did mention it, but we'll talk about it later. Let's continue on. It claws back tens of millions, tens of billions in unspent COVID-19 funds, including 400 million from the U.S. Center of Disease Control and Prevention's Global Health Fund, that would have sent taxpayer money to China. Um, good. I don't know why this wasn't a thing in the first place. So they spent, I think there was some billions of dollars of unspent COVID relief. And instead of pulling that money back, Biden was going to use it for some of those Green New Deal programs, which is bullshit. That's not what it was used for. So what they're basically saying is we're going to take that back and use it for something else or just not spend it. So that's good. But this should have been common sense. It just shows you that our government doesn't know how to spend money. Okay, next one. Billions more will be cut in other programs, making it the largest total rescissions package in history. Um, I don't know what they are talking about as other programs. I'd like to know what those other programs are. There's no listing. There's no talk about what those programs are. We need to see it. And by the way, that is going to happen anyway. Again, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So that's great. I'd like to know what programs you're cutting. But the fact of the matter is, that's really not an option. And I think one of the reasons why Democrats even went with this is they know that this is probably going to happen anyway. Here's the reality. They can say one thing in front of the cameras, but something else is going to happen. And they all know it's going to happen. We'll get to that. The deal puts in place the first ever statutory administrative pay-as-you-go rule to hold President Biden accountable for the full cost of executive rules and regulations. This should save taxpayers trillions of dollars. So essentially, when old Joe starts writing executive orders... Or he approves bureaucratic rules like the EPA and things like that. Biden, and it costs money to do that stuff. Biden needs to say, okay, yeah, we're going to take the money from here, put it here. It's basically holding old Joe responsible for these executive orders. He can't just say, well, we're not, we're going to do this and not explain how he's going to pay for it, which is what Democrats do. And by the way, Republicans do that too. So that's good. I don't know why that hasn't been done in the first place. And one of the things I'd like to see a little bit more, and I think to be honest with you, the Constitution is going to have to be amended here. I think we're going to have to have amendments that that fix how government allocates money and how bureaucracies actually work. And that's a completely different podcast. But this is is good. I'd just like to see this in action. I'm not sure this is something that's going to be done. Because this is supposed to happen in the first place. That's what the Congressional Budget Office is for. And the fact of the matter is, the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, doesn't work. So I'd like to see how this is going to work in real life. I I think this is more of a fantasy. Uh, It cuts red tape and streamlines important infrastructure and energy projects. And it cuts costs with significant reform to environmental policy issues since 1982. Um, I, I like this idea, but again, I don't. I'd like to see it in practice. Essentially, what this is saying is: uh, when a company wants to drill someplace, there there's too much red tape. So a company wins a contract to drill in Alaska, for example. They have to go through all these these bureaucratic edicts and regulations to actually start drilling. That's a problem. So what this is supposed to do is get rid of some of that red tape. Again, I'd like to see how this works. I'd like to see examples of this. What, what what, What red tape are you cutting? And then we also have to talk about all of this how is this going to how is this going to stand under judicial questioning when someone decides to sue because somebody wants to drill in alaska and they get through the red tape and then somebody decides to sue what happens at that point because the judicial system is part of that red tape and unfortunately it is independent of this bill okay let's continue it slashes funding for Biden's new IRS and eliminates the total fiscal uh, year 2023 staffing funding request for new agents. This this is a win for Biden. Okay, um, Biden, Biden. This is not. This was not popular. Hiring 86,000, 87,000 armed IRS agents. This was not popular for Biden. And this is what Biden needed. He needed the Republicans to get in the way here, and they did. And so I guarantee you they signed off on this one quick because this was just a bad idea. And I I personally think it doesn't go far enough. Now, DeSantis wins. He's talking about eliminating the IRS altogether. He wants to implement like a 25% consumption tax, which, by the way, I am 100% for. I think a consumption tax is the way to go. It's fair. It taxes everybody. So if you buy a million-dollar boat, you're going to have to spend $250,000 in taxes. But you don't have to pay income taxes. I think this is a great idea. The poor, of course, there will be things that are not taxed, like food. But if you buy a luxury, and a luxury can be anything, You buy a luxury, you pay a 25% tax on the luxury, but then you don't pay taxes out of your paycheck. I think that's fantastic. Uh, But what this does is it basically controls the IRS. I'd like to see the elimination of the IRS. Because the IRS is just... Taxes in the United States is a freaking disaster. I mean, it's impossible to do your own taxes. I'd like to get rid of them altogether. So, okay, this is a good thing. It doesn't go far enough, but that's okay. It restarts student loan repayments and requires borrowers, borrowers to be responsible for paying off the student loan debts, saving taxpayers an estimated $5 billion per month. Okay, um, this is another win for Joe Biden. He stepped in it here. He did not, he realized this is a political loser to pay off student loan debt. This is a political loser. He was praying Republicans would get in the way, and they did. So, this is great. By the way, that would have been unconstitutional anyway. So, but this is a win for Biden, uh, I, and it's 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 going to be seen as a loss to the left. Okay, just like the taxes, tax thing, that's going to be a loss to the left, but it's a win for Biden politically. Uh, and that stuff was never going to happen anyway. It was stupid. it was never gonna It's like the reparations thing where blacks want to get paid you know 30 million dollars each because of slavery. It's that's never gonna happen. It's even in blue states that crap is never gonna happen because nobody can afford it. It's a political loser but you know they'll talk about it a lot. makes it has a bold requirement to again, this is Fox News so they say this. I don't know how bold any of this crap is, but it has a bold requirement to make Congress work again by compelling a functioning appropriations process and imposing a 99% continuing resolution cap until all 12 appropriation bills are passed and become law. I like this idea. Concentrate on what you have. Don't start throwing other shit on the wall until you've figured out what you're supposed to be doing. I like this idea. It also slows the whole appropriations process down. Because what ends up happening is you've got a bunch of people that just throw appropriation bills into the mix and they never solve what needs to be done now. So I, I do I do like this. I think this is a good thing. It protects senior citizens, veterans, and our national security by fully funding critical veterans programs and defense prior priorities, while preserving Social Security and Medicare. Um, I, this, again, this is just puff. This is bullshit. It's, it really doesn't mean anything. And by the way, all this is going to go away, because the bill doesn't actually protect any of this stuff. It really doesn't. Again, we'll talk about it. And I'm sorry, this is the only thing I'm talking about today. So we'll have to wait for some of the other stuff tomorrow. Because we're just flying along here. And I've got some more to talk about. But yeah, this doesn't do any of that. It doesn't protect senior citizens. It doesn't protect Social Security. It doesn't protect veterans and National Security and all this stuff. Because cuts eventually are going to have to happen. It's going to happen. So this is just a puff piece it, they just threw that in there to make it look good. Um, matter of fact, a lot of a lot of conservatives in the House are saying, or in the House and Senate are saying, this is a bullshit thing, and this is a bullshit bill. It doesn't go far enough. It doesn't. It's a good. It's not even a good start. It's just kind of there. It's better than the way things were. So I like I like it for that, but it's not great, and it's not going to fend off the problems we're going to run into. In about a year to two years, it's not definitely not going to cut government spending by much, if at all, actually. Okay. Uh, finally, it blocks Democrats' demands for new tax. It blocks Democrats' demands for new taxes and rejects all five trillion of Biden's proposed tax increases. This is a big, 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 big loss for Democrats. This is a huge loss for Democrats. And they're gonna they're gonna sit there and really uh, bitch about this. Democrats wanted huge taxes, they wanted huge spending, and they're not gonna get it. And I don't know if this is gonna work. We'll have to see what happens. It's definitely not gonna pass in Congress. But yeah, it it blocks and it, it by the way it rejects in a lot of ways. It doesn't reject it, but. This is a good thing, um, and this you could almost consider this a win for Biden because this was not a popular deal for Biden. This was he did not raising taxes and adding to the IRS was not popular. He was not going to get reelected for this. For the left, this is a loser, a big loser, because the left wanted all this money. They want to. They want to spread. They want to spread the wealth around. Okay, so a lot of this stuff does bi- benefit Biden because it suddenly ties his hands. The IRS, unpopular. Raising of taxes, unpopular. All of that stuff was unpopular. And Republicans did him kind of a favor by blocking it. Now it's going to, now he can go to the left and say, I, I can't do that anymore. I, student, student loans, unpopular. I can't do that anymore. Republicans brought, blocked it, those bastard Republicans. Well, that's great. You, you blocked it. And this is going to be have to be something that Republicans running and DeSantis and uh, Trump running, they're going to have to bring that up. Because Biden would have spent this, but he couldn't because Republicans stopped it. Biden would have increased the IRS, but he couldn't because Republicans... So we're going to have to beat that. Now, conservatives like me and like Bill Lee and Ted Cruz are far less thrilled about this bill because it doesn't stop the $4 trillion in spending. What do I mean by that? It actually raises the debt ceiling by $4 trillion. A lot of conservatives said, okay, you want to raise the debt ceiling? That's fine. This is a great start. Let's raise the debt ceiling by $500 billion or a trillion. I like that idea. Okay, let's not raise it by 4 trillion so that we don't have to worry about this till next year when the debt is at 36 trillion because that's essentially what it does. It just delays the inevitable. We're still spending. Okay. You've got people like Lindsey Graham who is no conservative. He is a hawkish Republican and he is a swamp monster. Don't kid yourself about Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham doesn't like it because it really puts a curb on military spending. It really doesn't. It allows military spending. But what Lindsey Graham doesn't like about it, which is why this son of a bitch should be voted out of office, he doesn't like it because it puts a it puts a quash on some of the spending for Ukraine. Now, I'm going to say something here that's going to be really controversial. Fuck Ukraine. I could care less about Ukraine. I, I, They've got $100 billion of our money and equipment. Fuck If they can't win that war, fuck them. But he wants to spend more money on Ukraine. And suddenly this bill kind of says, no, we've got only a certain amount of money and it has to go to our military. And by the way, it does fully fund our military. That's good. But it doesn't go to Ukraine. So he doesn't like it for that reason. I don't like it. Because it actually doesn't do anything. It raises the debt limit to $4 trillion, which means we're just going to run into this next year when we get to, to $35 gonna, It's not actually going to stop spending. The other reason I don't like it, it doesn't solve any of the um, systemic problems in the government when it comes to spending. Here's the reality. We are going insolvent. This is going to happen. It's going to happen this year it's going to happen next year. It's, it's going to happen within two years. We are going to have to go under austerity. All of those programs, welfare, uh, food stamps, the Veteran Administration, all of this stuff, they're going to get cut. Medicare, Medi-Cal, all the health policies, they're going to get cut. They're going to have to get cut. We can't afford our bills. We can't keep spending and spending and spending. This bill does nothing to curb any of that. It doesn't sit there and say, listen, we got a $31 trillion debt. I want to take this debt down to 30 trillion by next year. I want to take this debt down to 25 trillion in 5 years or take it down to 20 trillion in 10 years or 20 years. It doesn't do any of that. It just raises the debt. That's a problem. And we are going to need systemic change. This addresses none of it. Okay? Now, who is the big loser here? It's Joe Biden. Joe Biden lost his ass here. He looks like an idiot. Freaking Karen Jean-Pierre is just doesn't even want to talk about this because Biden promised for 75 days he is not going to negotiate. Not only did he negotiate, everything that he promised is now gone. School, school loan repayments, gone. Tax, raising taxes, gone. All that stuff is now gone. And it's not gonna get through the house. And he can't executive order himself into that. So all that stuff is gone. And he is he is looking bad. He is pissed off. He is going to piss off the left. Now you know what they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out how to deal with this. Karen Jean Pierre is tongue-tied. She doesn't even know what to say when the leftist media starts asking, Well, what about this? What about that? You promised this, you promised that. And she doesn't even know what to say. And she's arguing with people right now. I can't wait to hear what she's got to say today. So this was a big loss for Joe Biden. Huge loss for Joe Biden. He, Social security bended, bended, uh, benefits, uh, job requirements for social benefits. He promised that wasn't going to happen. It happened. He refunded defense. He promised he was going to cut defense. Didn't happen. He lost all that all the payments from COVID he wanted to spend on his green new energy bullshit. He lost all of that. And he signed off on it. He got his ass kicked. He looks like a fool right now. Now, Republicans need to do use this and win. They need to show the world this so they can win. Because right now we are constantly losing and people like Trump needs, Trump needs to stop focusing on DeSantis and focus on this and sit there and say it's not enough DeSantis flat out said yesterday it's not enough it's, it's a start it's not even much of a start it's not enough more needs to be done Trump doesn't comment at all about it he just calls DeSantis Rob D. Sanctimonious or something Our politicians need to concentrate on the ball. And they're not right now. Especially the ones in Congress. Kevin McCarthy, good for you. It didn't go far enough. Okay, it was a big win for him. I'm thrilled he looked a lot more like a bulldog than I thought he was. And good for him. This was not enough. And I'm sorry, the consequences of our spending, they're still coming. We will be in austerity. And it will be within a year it will be not within a year but it'll be within a couple of years because we can't be rolling 35 40 trillion in debt and expect that we're going to continue to pay our bills. We can't print our way out of this. Okay, um sorry I didn't get to anything else. We'll talk about this stuff tomorrow. That that'll give me I could not ignore this. This was this was pretty big and I I'm I'm happy we did something but I still fear for my Kids and my grandkids, because I don't think this. I think they're. I think they're fucked. I think they're. This finally is coming to roost, and I, I just. Okay, well, whatever. Okay, um, I hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to dumbasses talking politics.